Hey, <laughs> man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. God bless you. Man, it is a joy to be here today. Well, greetings from Lawrence County, Tennessee, which is about, and some people were asking, where's Lawrence County? That's where we have all the Amish people. We have horses and buggies, and we have the only Walmart that has a hitching post um, for the horses. So um, we're about an hour and a half south of Nashville. It's a joy to be here today. Uh, I want to thank, uh, thank Bryant for allowing me to speak here in your church. I got here this morning a little early and just was praying over your church, and Bryant came in and showed me around. You guys have got some things going here. God's moving here. Amen? And you guys continue to make an impact in this in this area. If you have your Bibles, you can turn over to Matthew chapter 15. Where I know you guys have been going through uh, the book of Matthew. What an incredible, incredible gospel. We're going to be in chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. As you're turning there, we're going to start out by reading it. Um, I want to call this this message, if we have kind of a name for it, Relentless Faith. You know, and I want you to think about that. I know some of you here today are Christians. Maybe you've been Christians for a long time, but is your faith relentless? Maybe you're here today and maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're on that cusp of Christianity. Maybe you're kind of just trying to figure it all out. This will help you as well. Um, Matthew chapter 15, interesting story, verses 21. Um, I'll read it together and then we'll pray and then we'll jump in. It says, when Jesus left there, he withdrew to the area of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came and kept crying out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely tormented by a demon. Jesus did not say a word to her. His disciples approached him and urged him, Send her away because she's crying out after us. And he replied, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. He answered, it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus replied to her, woman, your faith is great. Wouldn't you love Jesus to say that to you? Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was healed. Will you pray with me? God, what uh, an incredible story here of faith of a relentless mother, a relentless woman. Lord, I pray that as we leave today, um, our faith will be just that. We'll be relentless. We'll be powerful. We'll, we'll stick to you. We'll trust in you, Lord. So Lord, will you speak through me today? Will you hide me behind the cross? Lord, will you open our ears and our hearts to you, to what you would have to say to us today? God, we love you. I pray this in your name. Amen. Um, some of the things you don't know about me, but I'm a cyclist. Um, I, I ride a bicycle just about everywhere. I love to ride so a couple of weeks ago, I was out on about a 40 mile bike ride and it was hot. It was one of the first hot days we had of the spring. And I, I was coming back and when I walked into my house, I kind of went into the garage, parked my bike and I kind of had this smell, this aroma in the house of my wife baking a cake. And I guys, amen. All right. I mean, this is good stuff, right? And so, you know, and it was, it smelled so good. I thought, oh, I mean, I've just burnt like, you know, thousands of calories riding this bike. And so I was ready. And as I walked up the stairs, I kind of took a glimpse in the kitchen and there it was. She was, she was decorating it with icing and it was my favorite cake. It was 
I call it a mandarin orange cake. Some people in the South call it a pig picking cake. Y'all, some people have different names for it. It's just one of those, oh, it's just one of those cakes. You think, oh, I can't wait. And so, you know, I, I was tired. I just came back from a bike ride. So I went in, kind of cleaned up. I was in the shower. And I was in the shower going, I can't wait to eat this cake. And I was just, you know, come on. No, I mean, don't, don't judge me. I mean, I just burnt 2000 calories. I was ready for some cake. All right. It was okay. And so I got into the kitchen and, uh, I realized that my wife was having this little gathering at her school on Monday and the cake was not for me. It was for the little gathering at school and, and I was absolutely crushed. I had to kind of settle for some stale Oreos I found in the pantry somewhere, you know. And I was crushed because, I mean, sometimes this happens, right? Sometimes the things that are, are great and are wonderful that are available to someone, sometimes that someone is not you, Right? And that someone was not me. I didn't get to have a piece of that cake. And, and today we're going to hear about a woman in this story that was actually told by Jesus that something was not for her. It's interesting. It's kind of an interesting story because we don't hear this much from Jesus. We're going to see how she responded. We're going to see how Jesus responded and eventually responded to her great faith. And I know you folks have been walking through the book of Matthew. We're going to kind of walk through this passage slowly um, again, I'm honored to be here today. I, I could tell you some stories about your pastor, um, but I'll tell you one thing I will tell you. He's a man of God. Uh, he's a man who loves the Lord. He's a man who who is serious about God's word, and I appreciate that from Bryant, and thank you for allowing me to be here in your pulpit today. So if you've seen, uh, you guys have been in Matthew for some time now, you've seen Jesus do a lot of things. You, you've seen him kind of do things out of the ordinary, right? You've seen him do things that, some, to some people were offending. It was offensive to people. So it was surprising. To, even his own disciples were surprised sometimes at the things that Jesus had said and done up to this point in the book of Matthew. And in today's passage, we learn that he and his disciples had left the region of Galilee and went up to the region of Tyre and Sidon. It was slightly northwest of the Sea of Galilee and the city of Capernaum, which is where most of the ministry of Jesus in his lifetime took place. I've actually been to where the story took place and I, I could see it in my head. And this is, it, this is, this location of where this happened is very close to modern day Syria and Lebanon. So it's kind of a dangerous place there in Israel. And it's important to understand the significance of the geographical location that this happened for us to understand this story and how Jesus responded here. See, because this is a region that was home to some of the ancient enemies of Israel. Remember back in the Old Testament, remember the Canaanites, right? The Canaanites were always kind of against the children of Israel and the Canaanites were the ones that Israel had battled thousands of years ago when Joshua was kind of leading the children of Israel. You remember that uh, as they were trying to enter into the promised land? So understanding where this was, where this geographical location of this story took place is very important to understanding this passage. And so as we go through this passage, we're going to see a couple of things that, first of all, this Canaanite woman did. It's kind of interesting for us. We're also going to see a couple of things that Jesus did that I think is very interesting for us. It's kind of a, it's kind of a measure, countermeasure, measure, countermeasure thing that this, that goes on between this woman and Jesus Christ. So I want you to first just kind of look at this woman's recognition of who Jesus was. She understood who Jesus 
was. Look at verses 21 through 22, because this woman obviously knew that Jesus was someone special. It says in verse 21, when Jesus left there, he withdrew to the area of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came and kept crying out. See the relentlessness? She just kept crying out. She just kept crying out, the Bible says. And she says, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely tormented by a demon. So this woman is of Canaanite descent. She's from the region of Tyre and Sidon. And this is a place, folks, where mostly Gentiles or non-Jewish people lived. This is where, this is where she lived. This is a region where there's not a lot of Jewish people around. And so Jesus obviously was a, was Jewish. And, and those who believed that Jesus was the Messiah, they believed him to be the Messiah for the Jewish people. That's what they believed, okay? And so not everyone believed that Jesus was the Messiah at this point. Not everyone believed he was the anointed one. But for those who did, they believed that he was the anointed one for the Jewish people only. That's what they believed back in this days. So understand the context. And so this woman really, to be honest, had absolutely no business hanging out here and talking to Jewish people. She had no business kind of kind of having conversation with Jewish people, whether they were the Messiah or not. She was Canaanite. There was a long history here. The Canaanites and the Israelites, they didn't get along. It's kind of like Bama fans and UT fans. See where I live, I'm right on the border of Alabama. And I've got some, bless their hearts, I've got some Alabama fans in my church. I'm trying to get them saved as much as I can. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, we, we, you know, they don't get along. This is the Canaanites and the Jewish people didn't get along. They didn't eat together. They didn't have conversation together. They didn't marry each other. They didn't even have conversations together. And so they were ancient enemies. We understand this. And so yet this lady, this Canaanite lady keeps crying out after Jesus. She has mercy on me, Lord, son of David. She not only recognized that Jesus could help her, that Jesus had had done some miracles, she also recognized that he was a Jewish Messiah. She calls him the son of David. This is a Jewish kind of understanding and name of who Jesus was. She recognized that Jesus was special. She recognized that this is a man who can help my daughter. Mother's in the room, amen. When your kid's sick, you're going to do whatever it takes, right? You're going to do whatever it takes to get your child well, right? She knew that this guy, Jesus, could help her daughter. She recognized that he was the promised ancestor of the king of David, of Israel. So she says, Lord, have mercy on me, son of David. And let me ask you something, church. Do you recognize Jesus? I'm not asking you if you're a Christian. But do you recognize Jesus as the Messiah? Do you know who he is? Do you know the power he can have in your life? Have you really learned from him from the scriptures? Do you really understand who Jesus is? Do you understand the fulfillment of prophecy that Jesus is in the Bible? Do you know he can heal you? Do you know he can do miraculous things in your life? Life, do you know that he could save you from your sin? Do you know he's the only one who can do that? He's, he's Jesus. Do you recognize him as the son of David, the son of God? Do you know Jesus? And maybe the better question is, is does he know you? Does he know you? The 
Canaanite woman recognized Jesus. But look how Jesus responds. This is interesting. This is almost kind of, kind of throws you off a little bit. Jesus here in verses 23 and 24, you see Jesus is kind of hesitant. Jesus is a little bit reluctant. We don't often see Jesus quite like this. This is very strange. You had a powerful moment in the progression of this story here in Matthew 15. You see that even at the time of Jesus, when Jesus, when this happened, the term Canaanite was not really used very much. The term Canaanite was kind of an ancient term. Many people would have described this woman as a Phoenician woman. That's what, that's what she would be called. However, and I love how Matthew, this is the difference in the Gospels. Matthew wants his Jewish mainly readers to kind of understand there's a significance here. This is an ancient enemy. He wants, he wants to kind of point out this interesting interaction between G- Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, and this Canaanite Woman, let's see what happens in verse 23. Verse 23, Jesus says, Jesus did not say a word to her. You ever, you ever been there in your, in your faith? Did you feel like Jesus is just not saying anything? God, I'm asking. God, I'm crying out, but you're kind of seem to be silent. Jesus didn't say a word to her. His disciples approached him. I guess the disciples were getting a little agitated. Pastor Bryant, I mean, they were like, who's this woman that keeps crying out to you? I mean, can you send her off? Can, and the, the disciples want to send her away because she's just continually crying out after us. And Jesus replied, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So this woman continues to cry out, continues to be relentless in her faith. And, and the disciples kind of just, you know, the, you know how sometimes, you know, deacons just take over or leaders just take over. You know, and, well, something's got to be done. All right, Jesus, send her away. I don't care. I mean, I don't know if they really wanted to, you know, maybe just kind of grant a request and send her away. You can just snap your finger, Jesus, and heal her daughter. Just send her away, you know. Or maybe they just wanted her gone. Maybe she was irritating. Maybe she had one of those whiny voices. Lord, you know, help me. I, mean, I don't know what it was, but they wanted her gone. And Jesus' reply here, folks, listen, her reply seems a little bit, maybe rude a little bit to us, but, but I want you to understand it would have been very understandable in this context for the Jewish people who were present. Yet it's kind of perplexing maybe for those of us here in the year 2022 who understand and know that Jesus is a compassionate man. He's a, he's a loving God. And so that doesn't seem too compassionate for him to say, yeah, you know, I don't really have much to say to her. And so Jesus, I think, is up to something here. And I love Jesus always is up to something. He's always kind of thinking ahead. He's always kind of wanting to kind of accentuate the, 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 the situation and kind of make a big teaching moment here. And this is exactly what he was doing. It seems like perhaps he was teaching the disciples. He was teaching this woman. He was teaching all of us that his power is greater than we can imagine. You all need to hear that today. Did you hear that? The power of Jesus is greater than what you can even imagine. And his reach, his redemptive reach is far greater than we can ever even conceive. And so Jesus says that he can't help this woman because he's only been sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Meaning that he was the Messiah. He was just kind of, you know, 
taking care of that point of, hey, I'm the, I'm the Jewish Messiah here. And this was the understanding. This was the expectation for all the Jewish people. This was not rude. This was just facts to Jewish people back in the days. And as you know earlier, as you studied in the book of Matthew, Jesus had already done some work previously with some Gentile people, hadn't he? Remember the centurion's servant that he, 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 you know, he, he took care of in Matthew chapter eight. He healed them. Yeah, he's already done this. So what's going on here? What's going on here in Matthew 15? Why is Jesus reluctant to kind of just heal this woman's daughter? Jesus sees her passion. Jesus sees the torment that she's going through, this love that she has for her little girl. Well, let's keep going. Look at the woman's counter response. Jesus has just told her, look, I've just only come for the lost sheep of Israel. But I want you to look at the woman's relentlessness. Look at her resilience. Look at her stick to The woman would not take no for an answer. She was driven. And I love this. Folks, this is something that we miss here in our kind of casual little United States world that we live in, right? We're just kind of, we're just kind of cool, calm and collected. We just kind of, but I want you to see the, just the stick to this, this relentlessness of this incredible woman. It says she came, verse 25, but she came knelt before him. I I could just kind of picture this. But Jesus, help me. It's my daughter. I mean, can you see that? Can you see that this, I mean, can you see the pain? Lord, help me. I'm at my last straw. I have no other options. I've been to every doctor. I've been to every psychologist. I don't know what to do about my little girl. She, she just says, Lord, help me. This is her daughter. Mothers, amen. This is her daughter she's talking about. This is the girl that she gave birth to. She's not giving up and she knows Jesus has something that she needs. She knows Jesus can heal and rescue. So you're thinking this is the moment. This is the moment where Jesus does those magical things. He snaps his finger. He does. He asks her to do something. But here's what Jesus says. Verse 26. He answered, it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Is that a misprint in the Bible? I mean, what, what just happened? This, this, did Jesus just say this? Some of you are thinking, did Jesus just call this woman a dog? Yeah. The answer is, yeah. In actuality, he did, but understand the context here. Understand what's, what's important for us to understand the whole concept. You see, Jesus, again, he was sent, he understood he was sent to be the Jewish Messiah for the Jewish people. Everybody knew that. All the Jewish people knew that. This woman, this Canaanite woman knew that. Remember, she was even catering, saying he was the son of David. This is a very Jewish description of the Messiah. And Jesus is not, understand, Jesus is not calling her a dog in the sense that she's trying, he's trying to tear her down or call her names. Jesus, that's not who Jesus is. But he's making a point. He's, he's, he's leaning into, he's pressing into this thought of the fact that everybody around, everybody that's watching knows that he's here for the Jewish people. He's the Jewish Messiah and he's going to press into this and he's going to do something amazing. And everyone is about to learn an important lesson about the measure of God's grace. 
We sang that earlier. Did you, did you catch it? Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all my sin. This is the grace he's talking about. This is the grace. Jesus is about to unload. He's about to have a mic drop moment about his grace. Look at what the woman says in verse 27. Don't miss this. I, I love this. Don't, don't miss this relentlessness. We can learn so much from this lady. I mean, how, how would you feel if Jesus says, nope, I'm not going to give the crumbs to the dogs. <laughs> you just kind of turn around and walk away, give up. Not this lady. Not for her daughter. She was relentless. She turns it around. She says, she says yes, Lord, I, I get that. Yes, Lord, I, I understand you're the Jewish Messiah. Yes, Lord, I, I get that, that you are the bread of life. And that your bread is for the Jewish people. But, but then she says, yet even the dogs, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. That was her last deal. That was her last, that was her last hurrah. That was her last kind of chance here. What great faith. What incredible determination of this Canaanite woman. She doesn't give up. She keeps believing. She doesn't lose hope. She doesn't lose trust in Jesus. She is relentless. And church, can I just ask you a question? Are you that relentless in your faith? I mean, come on. If I said, show me, a, show me some hands over here who see people's dealing with some stuff. How many of y'all are dealing with issues, dealing with problems, dealing with family issues, financial issues, career issues? How many is concerned about the world we're living in and, and the sinfulness of the world? I mean, we're all, right? Are we just going to give up? Or are we going to be on our knees going, Lord, help us? Lord, I, I'll just take some crumbs from the table. I mean, she, she didn't deserve, the Canaanite woman didn't deserve God's grace. And by the way, hello, neither do we. The, the, the Canaanite woman knew she didn't deserve the blessings of the Messiah and, and neither do we. She knew she wasn't Jewish. And I don't know your whole congregation, but I dare say there's not too many Jewish people here. So neither are we. But she also knew Oh, don't miss this church. She knew that the power of Jesus was so great. If she could just have a crumb. If she could just have a crumb from the bread of life. Right? If she could just somehow just pick up a morsel, a crumb, something of God, that would be enough. Just a crumb would be enough for a miraculous healing of her daughter to set her daughter free from spiritual bondage. I, I don't know about you, but I for one am grateful for the crumbs of God. Because I'm not worthy of the whole loaf. And neither are you. I, I, I'm so grateful for the crumbs, for, for the scraps, for the stuff that's just kind of brushed off as, as nothing. If it comes from God, though, it's powerful. Church, if we could have faith that God could work miracles in our life like this Canaanite woman did, 
If we could understand, no, we don't deserve it, God. No, I, I, I didn't earn it. But God, by your grace, by your grace, this is what this woman was doing. We must believe that we're undeserving. We've got to believe that Jesus is able to do anything. We've got to be resilient. We've got to be relentless in our faith. We can't give up. Can I just say, I, I think probably there's somebody here today that's just given up. And you need to hear, don't give up. Be relentless. Trust in the Lord. His ways are not your ways. His timing is not your timing. His, his thoughts are not your thoughts. But He's never going to fail you. So let's see what happened. I mean, so this woman is giving it all she's got. Even when Jesus basically called her a dog, she said, but even the crumbs, the dogs will eat those crumbs. Look at verse 28, because I want you to see that this is what Jesus does. This is what Jesus will do for you. This is what she, he did for the lady. Jesus redeems. Jesus comes through. Jesus heals. Jesus delivers. Look at verse 28. When Jesus replied to her, woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. I, I can imagine all the other Jewish disciples in the room going, what did he just say? And from that moment, from that second, from that very moment, her daughter was healed. <laughs> Jesus did not condemn the woman because she wasn't Jewish. He didn't talk any longer about children and dogs and things like that. He said, your faith is great. Your faith is great. I don't know about you, but I want to hear that. I'd like to hear that. Your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. Wow. Then from that moment on, the daughter was healed. Jesus redeemed this little, little girl back from the power of darkness. She was no longer tormented by these demons. And we don't know what exactly that was like for her, because you can imagine the deliverance that she had. But notice the connection, folks. Don't miss this. Don't miss this in the story. Don't miss the connection between the woman's request and, and, and Jesus' ability to kind of redeem her request. The connection is faith. The connection was not just maybe faith, but a relentless faith. This woman had great faith, according to Jesus, and because of that great faith, she experienced the power of Jesus. Can I, can I just say the relentless factor of your faith is going to determine the power of God in your life. Amen. We've got to be relentless. And I think we learn in the story that all of a sudden now this redemption from Jesus, the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah is now available for all the sons of men. Jesus' redemption is not just for the children of Israel, but it's for everybody. And we get, we get glimpses of this in the gospel. If you, we'll go throughout Matthew the rest of the time. You're going to get glimpses of this. You're going to really see it in Acts. You're going to really see it in the letters to the apostles. We're going to see Gentile after Gentile coming to faith in Jesus Christ through faith. Even in this previous passage in Matthew, uh, Jesus had just finished condemning the false religions of the Pharisees and the religious leaders. Remember that? 
And now he commends this Gentile Canaanite woman because of her faith. The difference, she trusted in Jesus. The difference, she was relentless. The difference, she was willing to hang in there even when it didn't make sense. And it all boils down to the bottom line here. Faith in Jesus leads to redemption through Jesus. Amen. Did you hear that? Faith in Jesus leads to redemption through Jesus. Now, some of you who are Christians in here, God got it. I get it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, amen. Some people who are lost in here need to, need to know that. If faith in Jesus, it will lead to redemption through Jesus. Now, we know that if, as we read God's word, I was telling the men in our Bible study this morning, it, it breaks my heart when I go to Israel and you go to places like the Wailing Wall and, and you see these, these Jewish rabbis just kind of shaking back and forth and just kind of waiting and praying for the Messiah. They've missed it. They, they, they don't know that the Messiah has already come. I just want to shake them. I just want to say, you, you missed it. So we know that there's Jewish people who have missed out on the grace of God and they've rejected Jesus. But we also know that there's many, many Gentiles throughout the following centuries that would come to faith in Jesus Christ and I are one and you are too, right? That's us. So here's my challenge for you. This is my challenge. What if we, what if we as a church, what if this church, Sovereign Grace Baptist Church, in Tennessee, what if we demonstrated relentless faith this week in our families, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods? What if we demonstrated relentless faith? What if we had the persistence and, and the desperation that this Canaanite woman had and we desperately, persistently sought Jesus? And even in that thing that you've been praying about for years that hasn't come to pass yet, you just are relentless about that. What, what, what if we just were relentless in our faith? You know what I would think? I think we will experience redemption this week. And some of you are going, well, pastor, you don't, you don't know my story. You don't know how long I've prayed for this and that and this and that. We're talking about God here. Ephesians 3.20, he says he can do immeasurably more than you can think or imagine by the power of God that's in you. <laughs> Amen? My wife and I had a, a little boy named Alex, and we had him for eight years and desperately wanted more kids, and doctors told us we couldn't have any more. We prayed, and we prayed, and we were ready to give up, but we just relent, relentlessly prayed, and then God led us to the adoption route, and we, we had a little little girl in Gallatin, Tennessee that was going to give up her little baby boy for us. And we were so excited. And then we went to the hospital and she changed her mind. And we didn't get to adopt that little boy. And again, just we just kind of walked away. It was like, it was almost like Jesus calling us a dog. I, I just kind of felt what that woman must have felt like. But we just continued to pray and we continued to, to love the Lord and we continued to seek after Jesus. And we were able to adopt a little girl nine months later to the day. And, and then you know what happened? After we were happy with our little family of four, God says, watch this. And when she was two months old, we got pregnant with twins. <laughs> Immeasurably more than you can think or imagine. 
So now I have three 17-year-olds and you can pray for me <laughs> as I pay for car insurance. May take up an offering later just for you. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, th- but that's, that's our God. And some of you are at that point where God, nothing's happening. Some of you are at that point where my marriage is not working. Some of you are at that point where you've got that son, that daughter that needs Jesus, needs deliverance, needs healing, and you just feel like nothing is happening and Jesus is silent. Can I just ask you to be relentless? Can I just ask you to be resilient? Can I just ask you to just, 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 just display resilient faith? And I promise you, you'll experience at some point redemption. Maybe some of you just need a little bit of extra understanding of this. So let me just kind of, I just wrote these down and I just thought about these and maybe you're dealing with addiction. You can be redeemed. Maybe you're dealing with the need for healing. Be redeemed. Maybe, maybe you're, you're still hurting from past abuse. Be redeemed. Maybe you just don't like people that aren't like you. Be redeemed. Maybe you don't desire to spend much time in God's word or prayer. Be redeemed. Maybe you don't care enough to share the gospel with others who desperately need it. Be redeemed. Maybe you just don't love other people. Be redeemed. Maybe you don't give generously. Be redeemed. Maybe you can't control your temper. Be redeemed. Maybe you don't think you're worth anything. Be redeemed. I don't feel like serving the church. It's hard work. Be redeemed. I feel like giving up. Be redeemed. I'm not a good mother. I'm not a good father. Be redeemed. I'm not a good son. I'm not a good daughter. Be redeemed. I have no joy. Be redeemed. This is a big one. I live in fear. Be redeemed. I want more stuff rather than more of God. Be redeemed, church. He is God and there is no other. He is God and there's none like Him. He knows the beginning to the end and He's going to do what He purposes to do and He's going to be pleased with what He does. He's our rock. He's our refuge. He is an omnipotent, omnipresent, all-powerful God who loves you. He's the resurrection. He's the life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Look to Jesus and be redeemed. There's nothing outside the reach and power of the miraculous redemption of Jesus, the Messiah. So I encourage you to put this passage to work. We could study it all day long. We could, we could parse Greek and we could do all the stuff that, we, but, but if you don't put it into practice, it's not worth a whole lot. So be relentless in your faith, church. And let me just kind of say this. 
you'll see that Jesus, if you're relentless with your faith, you'll see that Jesus changes everything. Everything. Some of you maybe are here today and you still can't get past the fact that we just read that Jesus called somebody a dog. I just don't understand that. How'd that work? But can I say the truth of the matter is when it comes to our standing before God, because of our sinfulness, the Bible says for all of sin and all fall short of the glory of God, because of our sinfulness, folks, we are much worse than dogs. However, there's God. And in His grace, through Jesus, we can be His children. So, have you become a child of God? If not, maybe today is the day of salvation for you. Maybe today is the day you need to grab Pastor Bryant or myself by the hand and say, look, I'm right here. I've been coming. I'm just not there yet, but I want to take that plunge. It's a point of surrender. I would encourage you to take that step of faith, that relentless step, step of faith, and give your life to Jesus Christ. You'll never be the same, ever. But maybe you're today, and I know most of you probably are Christians. Maybe most of you have, have made that decision to follow Jesus Christ. If you, if you have and you, if you are a Christian, exercise relentless faith. Those issues that are in your life, that, that struggle that's in, in your family right now, that struggle that's in your job, your, your life, relentlessly pursue Jesus. We have the privilege this morning to come to His table. We have the honor to do something that some 2,000 years ago, Jesus started in the upper room with His disciples. We get to come to the Lord's table. We get to take the bread. We get to take the cup. And as I teach this in our church, and I'm sure Pastor Bryant does the same thing, this is for Christians. This is for, this is for people who are believers. The Bible very clearly says that we need to examine ourselves before we come to the table. We don't need to take the bread or take the cup in an unworthy manner. And so I would encourage you, just I'm going to close in a word of prayer in just a moment. I know the musicians are going to come and there's going to be some soft music in the background. Let's just take this moment to kind of evaluate some things. Christians in the room, evaluate what your relentless factor is in your faith. Maybe you need to kick that up a notch or two. Maybe you need to raise that a little bit. Maybe there's some areas in your life where you need some redemption this week. And listen, maybe I'll tell our church this. I'll tell you guys this. It's okay just to to not come to the table and maybe just spend some time in prayer. It's okay to do that. It's okay to just say, you know what? Not today. I'm going to get things right with the Lord. Maybe you just need to spend some time just getting things right with the Lord. That's okay too. But as a Christian, what an honor, what a privilege it is to remember that sacrificial love that Jesus showed us on the cross. So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you and we 
are grateful for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We are grateful, Lord, that those times in our life where we just don't feel like you're saying anything to us, those times in our lives where we feel like you're silent, that what we desire and what we would want just doesn't seem to be coming to pass. And Lord, I just ask, Lord, that you will allow us to, as this Canaanite woman displayed for us today in Matthew chapter 15, that God, we could have a relentless faith that pursues you with everything that's in us. God, we desperately need you. And so Lord, today, as we get the honor of coming to your table, we get the honor of of taking the bread and taking the cup, reminding us of of God, what you have done through us, through Jesus Christ on the cross. Lord, I, I don't wanna do this lightly. So Lord, for those of us who are in the room who are Christians, I pray that God, you will examine each of us. And right now in this very moment, maybe those areas that maybe we need to have some redemption, that God, you'll do that for us so that we can come to the table with clean hands and a pure heart. Lord, none of us are worthy. Lord, we thank you that through your table, you remind us of the love you have for us. And Lord, for those in the room who maybe are on the verge of kind of taking that step of faith in Christianity, maybe they're, they're not quite a believer yet. Lord, God, I pray that today will be a day of salvation for them, that today, Lord, will be a day where they just kind of step, take that leap of faith and have that relentless faith the rest of their lives. And they'll see the change that, God, you can bring in their life. So, God, we love you. We thank you. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
just in a moment of just quiet contemplation, will you just go with me back some 2,000 years ago to that upper room? Jesus was with his disciples. He knew the cross was before him. The disciples had had a meal together, and at the end of that meal, knowing that Jesus was about to do something that was going to change all of mankind. He looked at his disciples and he, the Bible says he broke bread. He gave thanks. He distributed among the disciples. And I, I, I had to have to think about what the disciples were thinking about in that moment. He broke it and he gave a piece to each of the disciples. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. Let's do that right now. And I'm quite certain that disciples probably were wondering what all of this meant. We, we have the privilege of knowing what that meant now. But then, they weren't quite sure. So the Bible tells us that in the same way, he took the cup. He looked at his disciples and he said something very interesting. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And again, I, I think if I were one of the disciples, I'd be going, what, what did he just say? What? He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Take it and drink it in remembrance of me. And then Jesus said something that I think maybe was a spark for the disciples. He said, as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Wow. So church, as often as we do this, and every church has a little bit of a difference of how often we should do it. Maybe it doesn't matter, but as often as you do it, we're proclaiming who Jesus is. We're proclaiming that he is the Messiah. We're proclaiming that he is God and there's none like him. And we should do that until he comes. So back 2,000 years ago, the disciples heard all this and experienced all this. And the Bible says that they sang a hymn and then went off to the Garden of Gethsemane. So we're going to do that right now. I think Nathan's going to lead us in him. So let's let's stand and let's sing together.